0: Only two games on the board last night, but on the ice was not the big story of yesterday. Mark Stone out indefinitely after having his second back surgery in just under a year. And this has been a rough stretch for the Golden Knights captain. He's missed a lot of time over the last two seasons. And while they do say that that he's going to make a full recovery. You have to start asking the question of what does Mark stone look like when he comes back? Are we ever going to see the same Mark stone? And this is a player that has term left on his deal with the golden Knights. He's their captain. And in reality, he's the straw that kind of stirs the drink there. We've seen, we've seen how the team has struggled when Mark stone has not been in the lineup. And, and I don't, I don't pretend to know if he's going to be back before the playoffs. Hey, maybe this is like the, the half of Nikita Kucherov situation. But what we do know is that Vegas Golden Knights owner Bill Foley wants to win. And he wants to win badly. Now the attention focused on George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon, the front office, and what they do to combat missing out with Mark Stone again. Dare I say that the Vegas Golden Knights may have just become one of the more interesting teams as we head to the trade deadline. That's something that I don't think that we thought was going to be the case. I really believed that Vegas was just going to make a couple of minor moves and just go with the roster that they have. That a team that's generally speaking played really well under Bruce Cassidy this season. But without Mark Stone, We've seen how Jack Eichel has played, and, and now the question becomes, do they go out and try and fill the void with a star? Did Timo Meyer just become top priority for the Vegas Golden Knights? Do the Vegas Golden Knights even have enough to bring in Timo Meyer? That's going to be a very, very fascinating storyline, and we'll discuss that later on. We'll discuss it with Elliot Freeman, but we'll also talk about it with Ben Goats from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Uh, on the ice last night, Talked about it with Jimmy Murphy yesterday. Brad Marchand wanted some adversity. They lose three in a row. And then they come into Toronto last night. And after what was a pretty good first period, uh, they just waxed the lease. They win 5-2. They looked really good in the process. And if that was their answer for adversity, man, if I'm the rest of the NHL, I'm not looking forward to playing the Boston Bruins. And... I know that a lot can be said about, well, it was the last game before the all-star break for the Leafs and they don't have Austin Matthews. And guess what? It was the last game before the all-star break for the Boston Bruins, the Boston Bruins who have an older roster. They've got some players on their on that squad that are a little bit on in hockey years. And they have a lot of miles on those bodies. And yet they went out and just laid a thumping on the Leafs. When you look at that team top to bottom, I talked about it yesterday. If they can go out and make an acquisition, and and Jimmy brought up maybe Dylan Larkin if a contract doesn't get done, that's a frightening, frightening Boston Bruins team. And I don't think that I want to play them. The other team that I don't think that I would want to play is the Carolina Hurricanes, who, again, we talked about yesterday, and they win yet again. The winning streak is now at seven. Their point streak is now at 10 and they hammer the Buffalo Sabres by a five-to-one count on the second half of a back-to-back, and they were on the road. They could have easily folded up and say, ah, it's okay. We got enough points in the bank here. Like the Sabres, the Sabres wanted that game last night. And the Carolina Hurricanes took it to them. And in that game, Tage Thompson leaves after the second period with an injury. He will miss the All-Star game, which is a shame because I... I I mean, deservingly so, he should have been there. Um, But to miss it for an injury is, you know, sucks. But he will be replaced by his teammate, Rasmus Dahlin, who probably should have been there anyway, having a Norris-type season. And I get it. Every team needs to be represented. I don't love it. I think that that's... Anyway. Should have been there. But one of the biggest stories of last night did not happen in the NHL it happened in junior hockey and the Connor Bedard show rolled into Calgary and the Saddledome and the building was sold out the Calgary Flames have 3 sellouts this season the Calgary Hitmen just got one with Connor Bedard who by the way extended his point streak to 35 games you heard that correctly 35 games in that stretch and this is where it gets even better. He has 44 goals and 89 points on a 35 game point streak. I'm sorry, but if you're not doing all that you can to tank for Connor Bedard, then frankly you're not doing your job. Because this guy is the next thing. We know that. I'm not I'm not speaking hyperbolically here. I'm not speaking Uh, words that nobody's ever heard but if you are a team that is not doing your best if you're not going to make the playoffs and you are not doing your best to try and get the best possible odds to get Connor Bedard 35 game point streak 44 goals 89 points in that streak you're not doing your job welcome to the Jeff Merrick show I'm Matt Marchese
1: this is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
0: Coming up in a couple seconds here, Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts. George Richards from Florida Hockey Now. Uh, Gord Stellick will join us. He's also in Florida for the All-Star Game. And uh, the aforementioned Ben Goats will join us at the bottom of the second hour. As I mentioned, Elliot Friedman joins me on the line from sunny Florida. I th- I hope it's sunny there, Fried. I know you're in a building doing interviews, but I hope it's
1: sunny at least. The interviews haven't started yet, Matt, but yes, it's. Uh... Jeff, this way. Sorry, I'm with, I'm with the regular host of the show and we're rocking. We're headed towards one of The weather is beautiful. Oh. Just beautiful. I'm,
0: well, I mean, that's the caveat. Like, you get the beautiful weather, but you got to deal with Jeff. So have fun with that.
1: I'll take the weather. Yeah, I, I do know. can deal with Jeff. If I get the
0: water. I know I know you will. Um, okay, so the big news of actually, you know what, let's start let's start with the Connor Bedard stuff. Um I you know you were flying yesterday, but you know, when we look at, at what he's meant to not only the Regina Pats, but the WHL. Like last night, a sellout crowd in Calgary. I read that the Flames only have had three sellouts this year and the hitmen have one and it was with Connor Bedard last night. Um the point streaks at thirty five games, it's It's 44 goals and and 88 points or 89 points. I mean, I said it there. I know it it seems kind of silly, but if you're not doing as best as you can to try and get the best possible odds to get him, I feel like you're not doing your job if you're a team that's not very good right now.
1: Well, I I don't disagree with you. And, you know, to be honest, uh, Matt, you know, I flew in last night and uh, we went, uh, there's a place right near the uh, uh, hotel where a bunch of us went to... uh, grab some dinner and a couple beer, and uh, they had NHL Network on, and they were showing Bedard's game last night. So we were watching it, and, um, you know, it is pretty incredible. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Like, the way he plays, the attention on him, uh, he's a legit talent. There's no doubt about that. And I think that there, like, I, I think, honestly, Matt, there were teams that were doing what you said, well before uh everyone saw him at the world juniors this year like they were it was obvious this year like there were a bunch of teams anaheim arizona chicago who just said you know we're we're going for this and if anybody had any questions about why they were doing it we got that answered in the last week of december and the first week of january and you know the thing is is that even the, the best team is going to have a 25% chance of getting them. They've made it very hard. Um, you, you only you got a one in four chance of doing it. And whoever gets it is going to get a franchise changing player. But you can't bet on it. That's for sure.
0: This is probably an impossible question to answer. But if anybody's going to be able to, I'll, I'll ask you. Um, how, how can you quantify the meaning of a generational player like that to an organization in terms of of a dollar value. Like, yes, you're going to have to pay him eventually, but what, what does that type of player, like what does one player do to an organization and ticket sales and Jersey sales? Like how big of a monetary value is a player like that to an organization?
1: Well, it's huge because if you, the moment you win the lottery, you start selling tickets, right? Yeah. Um, like, like the thing about Edmonton with McDavid and Toronto with Matthews, is that these are high-revenue teams, right? Um, so, like, I, I think there's a real argument to be made. Okay, like, like, I think these teams are very fortunate to have these players for a lot of reasons. But if, if you go back, remember the old argument was, when Wayne Gretzky was a free agent, Cliff Fletcher tried to bring him to Toronto. And one of the problems he ran into with Steve Stavro, who was the ownership owner at the time, was how much more money is Gretzky going to make the Toronto Maple Leafs? Which I think is a crazy argument. Like, I think you go get him because he's Wayne Gretzky. But that was one of the things that Fletcher had to battle with to try to bring Gretzky to Toronto. Like, you know, like, McDavid, there's nobody's going to complain about having him in Edmonton. Matthews, there's nobody's going to complain about having him in Toronto. Luckily, we've gotten past that argument. But I think that there are certainly some teams where Bedard going could juice them a lot more necessarily than some others. Like the, the thing about Arizona is, like, if he goes to Arizona for two years, they're in a small ring. So, how much of a financial impact does that have? I don't know it has very much in terms of that. Does it help them get their arena built, though? That's, if the answer is yes, that's an enormous thing. If Pedard goes to Anaheim, does it juice their franchise? You know, in Chicago, we all know how much the fans in Chicago love hockey, and they've had some good crowds this year. But if does it re-energize their franchise? I think absolutely it does.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a I think that's a pretty fair assessment. I, I do agree with you though, like how much more money can the Toronto Maple Leafs make? Like they were they were bad and they were still there's still a lineup for season tickets for that organization. I mean that hasn't changed for the longest time.
1: Um I, I don't know about that. Like if you that would be something for you to talk to Berkey about. Like when, when Berkey was the GM there, they were having some trouble selling suites. Oh, maybe because really? Berkey was like a bad GM. <laughs> uh, but you know like that was like that was around the time that the 10-year leases were coming up because they well now it's the scotia bank but it, it's 10 years it was 10 years old at the time and there were nights the streets were dark and so like but the thing is there's no question that um a player like that rejuvenates a franchise i think there are greater financial implications in some places than others
0: Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts joining Matt Marchese on the Jeff Merrick show here. Okay, uh, the big news of yesterday, Mark Stone out indefinitely, back surgery the second time in less than a year. Um, I don't know what I don't know what the chances are of him returning this season. Are. I would imagine it's not great. Um, and I know they've said that he's going to make a full recovery, but at this point, are we... Going to start to have the conversation about what type of player is Mark Stone going forward after a second back surgery in less than a year.
1: Well, I think it's only fair to wonder. I mean, like the one thing about him is, I don't like guessing because he's told me before he thinks people have guessed very poorly at times. So I don't like guessing. Um, that so that's number one. But like obviously, you know, Matt like. Anytime you've had as many back surgeries or back concerns as, as, he's had, as he's had, you do worry about it. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, I think the biggest thing is what does this do for Vegas in terms of are they now a big-time buyer? Are they using that money to add a player? Like, I think they were looking around some of the depth of their lineup. I think they were looking at Barbashev. I think they were looking at sorry, from St. Louis. Well, now... Are they trying to catch a bigger fish or two or three bigger fish? I, I like Mark Stone, I don't know if you can replace that, but it's a big hole in your lineup. And I that to me is the bigger question is is he out for at least the playoffs where we can say we can fortify our lineup. And and you know Vegas, it's like they're aggressive. They'll like other team like I don't have any problem with this. I know some people Get their underwear in a bunch about this i don't like that's the way the salary cap works and if you can add go and add. well
0: play play with it. like i'm i'm all for finding whatever loophole there is and extorting it as best as you can because if you're not trying to do that then i don't think you're trying to win People can say what they want about the Tampa Bay Lightning, but they did whatever was in the framework of the rules, and they exploited it. And I'm sorry if you, you didn't do the that. And the Blackhawks did it too, so I have no issue with that. Um, I guess I my- hear you're big into extortion, man. Like, yeah, yeah. Really, like, extorting the people you
1: work with, I've like
0: like the host of this show. <laughs> Yeah, America's huge into extortion. They yeah. I'll extort him. Um anyway, enough about extortion. Um the okay, so you talked about the big fish for Vegas. And while I don't disagree with that statement at all, I, I think that they're absolutely gonna look at a big fish. My only question is like, how much are they willing to give up in futures? Because they've given up a lot of futures. They've moved a lot of people off their roster. Like, yeah. do they even have enough to make any of these deals?
1: Well, that's I, 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 a good question. I, I really have to look up and down. Like, it depends. Like, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about a guy who's going to have a lot of interest? Or are we talking about three or four moves? Like, I mean, look, like, I think Vegas wants to win. I think they're in win-now mode. That always changes where you are and what you do. Um, you're right. They don't have the depth of some other teams just because they haven't been around as long they've traded you know they traded one of their top picks cody glass once already and you know unfortunately it doesn't look like nolan patrick's going to play so they might not have as much but they've got some talented young players and they they have a pretty pro a good program at henderson in the ahl i don't have a great answer for you but i know that they tend to be aggressive
0: yeah, the, if there's one thing that uh, owner Bill Foley is, it is aggressive and he wants to win and we know that. Okay, so I guess now now we look at there's some pressure on Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee here. Like, are, are one or both of them potentially on the hot seat here? Like, I know they're in first place in the Pacific, but I mean, they're not home and cool just yet. And there's that whole Jack Eichel thing that is not quite working out at this moment, partially because he hasn't played with Mark Stone a ton, which I know they wanted that to happen. But is the is the heat getting ramped up a little bit on uh, on the Vegas front
1: office? I don't know that I would say that. But what I might say is if, like, one of the things I was concerned about for them is, you know, last year they in, in January, they looked home and cooled out and they got battered by injuries and they missed the playoffs. And when they were starting to struggle again in January, I'm sure internally, and I was talking about it with someone, there's, some of their guys are probably thinking, oh, no, not this again. Like, so like, you have to wind your way through. I think if that was to happen again, Matt, uh, I think we could be having potentially that conversation. But I don't get any sense right now that there's any need to have that conversation.
0: Okay, uh, the goalie market. Now, uh, you and I talked about Carol Vemelka uh, about a month ago, I guess, as, as potentially someone that could be available. And I mean, that can that can all change. I mean, a good offer for Arizona, I'm sure they they at least entertain it. Um, the yep. other one is maybe Thatcher Demko. What? Where do you kind of put the like? Do you think either of these teams are shopping these goalies? Do you think teams have been? I'm sure teams have inquired. And do you think there is a willingness? For both of these organizations to move on from these guys. Maybe less so well, I, in Arizona.
1: I think in Arizona's case. The one thing their GM does. Is he sets them on a case. And he says. What are you doing it for? And if you get into my zone of what I'm doing it for. Then we'll talk about it. So I think with Vanellica it comes down to. Is anybody get to what Arizona would say. Okay. We think about that. That's the way that. Bill Armstrong tends to do business. I think with Vancouver. The number one thing is he's got to play. So if you look at the timeline that Patrick Galvin set down, well, that's a week ago, a week ago yesterday, he said they were hoping maybe three weeks. So that's, you know, that's February at the second week of February, the trade deadline, is the first Friday in March. I think the biggest question here is Do we have the runway for that, uh, Matt, like, is there the runway? for Thatcher Demko to show that he's healthy, that somebody would trade for him this year. And I think that's, you know, now I think there are teams that could look at Demko and say, maybe we don't, if we're going to do that, we don't need him for this year. But that means that to me, that means it's more like a summer move. So I think the biggest question with Demko is, is there enough runway for anybody who really needs him this year to, to say, okay, he looks, he looks healthy enough to us. Like, like one of the things I heard about Demko was he stayed in Vancouver over their break to work, which is, you know, good on him. I, I think that's a, a, a very smart thing to do. So that says to me, he's serious. And, um, you know, that says to me, he's serious and he wants to play. And you know we'll see
0: where we go when he when he's back. Um, on to some uh, stuff surrounding the All Star Game. Um, do we expect an announcement of Toronto for the next one anytime soon?
1: I, I well, the commissioner is speaking on Saturday, so I expect it there.
0: Um Okay, and then the other the other big one was the uh, the NHLPA executive director search. We we spoke about it yesterday. Um, When's that, when's that Is that meeting today that they're supposed to have?
1: Yeah, they're, they're supposed to meet today, but I'm not convinced we're going to get anything coming out on that today. Um, you know, one of the things that's kind of happened is, um, like, when, like, these are really, uh, I not say this, like, these are really challenging things. There's a lot at stake, and, um, you know, you have to make sure you do this right. And when the name got out yesterday, um, you know, one of the things, I got sent, this always happens in these situations, I got sent an article from the Boston Globe, from, I don't even remember when the date was, but when Marty Wallace was the mayor of Boston, um, like he got a campaign contribution from Jeremy Jacobs. And look, I'm not really a guy who likes politicians very much for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> I, I don't know if, I, I don't know, like, to me, and, like, there's, like if you look at all these companies, they all send uh, donations to multiple parties. They sure. cover all their bases. Yep. It happens in Canada. It happens in United States. But I know that because of the position that Jacobs are. Uh, has in the NHL that one was an eyebrow razor and the one thing I always you guys the one thing I always look at with this Matt is is this a big deal or is this something that someone is using to make a big deal and I think we're going to get I'm very curious to see where the answer goes on this one because I asked a couple of guys, I said, do you think this is a big deal? And I got uh, nah, you know, everybody donates to everybody. And I asked some other guys and they said, I think that's a big deal. So I'm just not sure where this is going to go.
0: Are you, are you surprised, like if, if in fact it, it is Walsh, are you surprised at the direction that the NHLPA is going with this? Or is this potentially the right move for them considering his background?
1: Well, I think that, you know, like, like, I think the players, I think they did a really good job of trying to be thorough. I think they did a really good job of trying to keep it private. Like, I don't question that their hearts are at least in the right place in terms of the amount of people they talked to and what they were looking for. I think it's hard not to look at his path and his qualifications and be impressed by that. I, I think the thing is, is that. Like, there's a big difference, in, and I think, and this, like, this, hey, man, how you doing? I'm sorry, I'm just on radio. Public. Good to see you, bud. Mr. Um, popularity. Uh, yeah, I, I just, like, the people are just killing me for my autograph here, Matt. It's really a big problem. Uh, You know, I, I just think the thing is, Matt, it's that, Like you look at his qualifications and you say, wow, like that's an impressive person. Mm-hmm. That's somebody who was qualified to do this job. And then you have to dig and you have to find what else is there. And I think that's kind of where we are right now. Like they did a really good job of keeping the name out of it until yesterday. Like as I told Jeff on the podcast that dropped Monday, I had heard that there was somebody – major into U.S. politics, who was there. But I had other people disputing that because there was a lot of misdirection going on. They did a really good job of keeping it quiet. And now that the name is out, everybody is starting to do their work. And things like that story get dropped on your lap. So I look at his qualifications and I say, absolutely, he is qualified to do that job. I think that the question becomes, though, is, Is there anything we're missing? And also, is there pushback? And when that story starts to be thrown around, that says to me that there's going to be people here who are going to say, hold on a second. Are we sure? And I think that's what we're going through right now. So
0: on the flip side of that, like Mike Gillis's name was one of the other ones that was in question here. And and I mean, this is more just your opinion, but... Is there a benefit to having one or the other? Like, is, it, is there a benefit to having a quote-unquote hockey guy in that position? Or is this just a conversation of, hey, we're going to get, you know, the guy with the labor background is super impressive. And he's, you know, he's kind of dealt with a few big things over his career. Um, do you think that there's a benefit to one or the other?
1: Uh, I, I think it depends. Like, I, I I will say this. I think it depends on who you ask. Like, Matt, I've had people say to me, it's good to go outside of hockey and get a non-hockey perspective. And I've had other people who said to me, you've got to know hockey players and the hockey mentality. So, like, I, so I think it depends on who you talk to. Like, you know, I'll say this. Um, Bob Goodenow, he knew hockey players. And for a long time, that served him very well. And at the end, um, you know, he got knocked out because I think he he thought what he thought what he did was right to, to quote unquote win that lockout. The hockey players weren't going there; they just weren't going to do that. And I think that's why he lost control. I I don't like to speak for people, but I would be curious what Donald Fear would. Say thought about hockey players going in and what he thinks about them going out. Because, like, the baseball players, that was a tough, stubborn group. And they won in court, which is why they beat the baseball owners. Now, number one, you have a big difference between the U.S. law versus Canada law. But number two, I don't think the hockey players are... As motivated for a fight as the baseball players were, and so, like the the one thing that someone said to me, and I think this is the truest thing, is that if you're coming in to this job, whether you're in hockey or out of hockey, it might take you a year or two to really know what your players really want and what they really think. Like we're going to a CBA negotiation in the next few years, and these things are never easy. You have to have a handle on what your players want. And this person said to me that that's going to be the biggest challenge, is getting a handle on what these players want out of the next CBA and how many of them are pulling in the same direction. And I think that's the best part
0: um, one more before we let you go here, Elliot. Uh, yesterday, and we didn't get to it, so this is my fault. Uh, Gary Bettman took office 30 years ago yesterday as the NHL commissioner. and He served. Um, Gil Stein was there until July 1st, and then it was basically Gary's league. Um, yep. When we look back on the legacy of Gary Bettman, like, I, mean, some, I know some people are going to tweet me or whatever and just say you're an idiot, but I mean... People think it's a complicated legacy, and and I I think that if you look at any commissioner of any big sports league, there's always going to be a complicated legacy. But when we look back at Gary Bettman and the growth of this league over his 30 years that he's been in power, I mean, there's no denying that he's been the right man for the job, no questions asked.
1: Well, I wouldn't say no questions asked. I I, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I think that in any position... Um, there's going to be good and there's going to be bad. I think that he brought the NHL, uh, into a new era. I completely agree with that. I think it was, uh, a really small league when he started and he's made it bigger. Um, you know, I think the biggest challenges are coming. Um, you know, I, I think that that's one of the things that like, we've got to grow. And um, like you, you take a look. Like one of the things I look at right now is like our cap and everything is stagnating, which is not entirely on him, but our cap and everything is stagnating, and every other sport looks like it's growing. And like you take a look at Aaron Judge's sign for 360 million, and i like, and I don't think those are exact apples to apples comparisons. But I don't think right now we look like we're growing at the same pace as some other sports. And that's the thing that I am concerned about. Like I I think that it I think it's time that we have to step out of our comfort zone a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing I would like to see.
0: Well, I mean, at at this point, like, yes, the salary cap, I I, I get that. Um, how much of it has to do with, the, like, the just hockey is so far behind in the U.S. from even baseball. Like, you talk about the $300 million deal for Aaron Judge or whatever it was. Like, how much of that is just because they're still trying to catch baseball as, as you know, as slow-growing as baseball has been over the last 100 years? Hockey's still behind it in the U.S.?
1: Well, I think the thing with baseball, the the advantage that baseball has is, and that's the big story we're coming up to now, is regional television. Like, baseball is, um, you know, baseball is the one big summer sport. Like, look at our network, Matt. Mm -hmm. Like, what would we be doing in the summer if we didn't have the Blue Jays?
0: You and I would be talking a lot.
1: No, we wouldn't because I would not be answering your phone call, but like baseball like baseball was very big, like they they invested a lot of money in things like BAM Tech, they did a, little, a lot of really smart things, but baseball really benefited from uh, like regional TV deals in the summer when there was no other game in town. Um, that's where its advantage was. I actually think that like I think the, the, like I think he's actually done a, a reasonably decent job in the states in terms of. Like, look look at Austin Matthews. Like, we're, like 23 years ago, there isn't a player of his background sending the NHL on fire. Yeah. I, I think what the bigger thing is, is that, look, he, he was the first guy in Vegas. He, was the, he went to Seattle. These things are successful. I just think you need, I just think you need, like, playoffs. Like, I, I don't get the no expansion. I, I like people find that very exciting. I just think we need to. Sometimes I think we're a little bit too obstinate, and we have to try some new things. And you know that like I, I think expanded playoffs, I think is a thing that would really help. That's one thing I I really believe. I think it would help. And he's against it, and it's, he's not changing anybody's mind, right? or he's not changing his mind. At least he's shown no inclination to do that yeah i think it's i think we have to try some new things like that to um to get things going
0: uh well you better get going because i know you've got a bunch of interviews and you spent a lot of time for me um say hi to uncle jeff for everyone and uh
1: we'll talk to you uh, hopefully Marquise tomorrow hi. <laughs> hello matt am I, am I, do i have a job to come back to you in yeah you have a job Casey's driving us into the, the ditch man <laughs> Goodbye, Elliot. (laughs) Take care, (laughs) Marquesi. Always great to chat with
0: you. There he goes, Elliot Friedman. Um, Don't worry, we're friends. Uh, We're tied up against it. George Richards from Florida Hockey Now. Uh, We'll talk about the the organization getting the all-star game. We'll also talk about what the heck has happened. Matt Marquesi filling in for Jeff Merrick Show. You're listening on the Sportsnet Radio Network and watching on Sportsnet 360.